This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And as you might have heard me say in previous shows, we have a lot of, there's a lot of, we're at a big risk of losing our youth these days. A lot of surveys have been coming around lately showing that youth are leaving the church in droves. I had Greg Reed on multiple times, who's the director of Youth Fire Ministries, and he recently said about a month or two ago that what he sees, and he's been in youth ministry for decades, is 80% of Christian youth are walking away from the church. So there should be an urgency and a sense of, basically a sense of crisis here. And you've heard me talk about pornography and how kids are now getting hooked on porn as early as age six, seven, because they're getting smartphones and then the kids are comparing notes with what they're looking at with each other. And and so there's a host of reasons, but when you look when you look at what's going on in the big picture, we are a church at war, our kids are at war, and our kids have to be equipped on how to be overcomers. And if they're not, it's like sending them out into a battlefield and just watching them get waxed. And that's exactly what's happening today. We're seeing that suicide rates have gone up, and kids are not being equipped for the spiritual battle, the very intense spiritual battles that they're being faced with, especially when they leave home. But even before they leave home, they're getting hit hard at school and outside of it with a lot of choices they have to make. But the enemy is trying to attack them and tear them apart long before they leave home. And so today, this show is about youth and spiritual warfare. And today I have two guests with me that I'm quite familiar with. First is my 27-year-old son, Sean Janung, six foot five inch, big horse stud. And I have my 19-year-old daughter, Rebecca Janung. Rebecca works for the Ministry for Blazing Grace. She works in the office, and she's been going to me, going with me on ministry trips for years. So, Sean and Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. So we're going to start with Rebecca. Uh, a little bit of background. As I said, she's 19 years old. And she's been going on ministry trips with me for the last three, four years, since she was 15 even. And about the time that she started going with me on our conference trips, she would get hit hard with panic and fear attacks within 24 hours before we would leave. So I've asked her to, to share what she went through and how she overcame it. So, Rebecca, let's hear your story. So when I was about... 
16 or 17, we were getting ready for a conference trip outside of state, and I was in my room packing, getting ready for it. And out of nowhere, just all of a sudden, I just started crying, and I didn't know what was happening. I was, I just didn't know what was going on. And so I was, I felt just a lot of anxiety and just fear and just felt like I didn't want to go and I didn't even know what was happening. So I went to my dad and I said, I, I don't want to go. Like, I'm, I'm just so scared. And so he calmed me down and I was hyperventilating and just crying. And he told me that this is not me. These are not my thoughts, that these were probably, I was probably getting spiritual warfare attacks. So he prayed for me and I started to calm down a bit and realize that this wasn't me and that I was getting attacked by the enemy. And so he also shared that Psalm 91 the, um, to pray through that and personalize that, and that really helped me. And so that night I just was scared, but after he prayed it through me with me, I started to calm down more and realized that um, I'm not alone in this as well, that he also goes through this, and um, that really helped me. But also on the trip, the first night that we were there, I got attacked, and so I texted my mom. I was like, are you awake? Can you pray for me? And she said that she couldn't because she um, needed to go to bed, so I was, I felt alone, like I was in a place I didn't, was unfamiliar with, and so she said, "Just you need to pray. So I didn't want to wake up my dad. So I had to take up my authority in Christ and to pray and fight the battle. And it was scary, but I got through it. And it made me stronger now than I realized. So. And you, did you go through that in future trips too? Basically every trip now that we take, I go through it every single time and so what do you do when this happens um i remember that this is not me and that i'm getting attacked and i need to pray more and that i I can also go to you for help and that you will pray for me and that um i need to take up my authority in christ and tell the enemy no this is not okay i'm not okay with this and that usually helps a lot. And parents and youth, this is a 19-year-old girl who's been groomed to be a spiritual warrior since her her mid-teens. And this is what this is the approach we have to have. So when our kids are going to a youth group, it should not just be about sunshine bunnies and video screens and and we've got to start equipping them on taking up their authority in Christ and I remember in the first one time when Becca was just um, beginning to really figure this out, I took up my authority in Christ and told the enemy, I shut him down and told, you know, as her father and told him to stop his work against her. And, and then she started calming down. So <clears throat> fathers, as the spiritual leader of your home, you have that authority to shut down the work of the enemy in your home. You are the spiritual priest and the king of your house. And uh, Becca's a little bit, I don't think she'll share this now, but she's become a little spiritual warrior and an intercessor. And one of her gifts that have come out from this 
is that she has a true gift for prayer at a, at a young age. So even though this was very difficult, I think it, one thing it's helped is you to see is a gifting you've been given. Is that true? That is true. And I use it basically every day. <laughs> and uh, from your side, um, how important is prayer? I think it's very important to have a prayer life. It's hard to go through these things alone. And as I'm seeing more in my culture, prayer is just not there. And that's scary to think about. So for me, that's, it's very important to have a prayer life and mm-hmm. stay close to God. So when you say your culture, you're talking about youth? Yeah. And you're not seeing much in the way of a prayer life in youth? No, not much. It's rare. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, as you said, we just lost the youth not being equipped enough in the church how to handle these things. And we don't know what to do with it. So, and our culture, it's not on social media, it's not their prayer life. It's just not, you don't see it much. So they're not going to go to that, their first instinct if they're feeling anxiety. You know, now it's more drug, sex, alcohol, stuff of this world, but not prayer. Mm. And do we see prayer as the answer much in church from your perspective? No, not really, which is also scary. I mean, we got the verses about my house, my church should be a house of prayer for all nations, but from your perspective, why do you think that's missing? That's a good question. Um... I think it's just people have lost what the meaning of church is. They are taking it as Bible lessons and not, as you said before, from the heart. They're not having a heart relationship, so they're just basically doing church as kind of like a school lesson, and that can get old, (laughs) Mm -hmm. basically. And in some form, too, they're not being equipped. Right. I mean, do we really hear about demons and spiritual warfare very often in church? Rarely. Or having a fervent prayer life? No, or if they talk about demons, they just kind of mention it and then go on. Mm. So if you were to name one or two critical points in your journey, um, what are they? Definitely that prayer is critical and that I'm also not alone and I can ask for help when it's needed and to also take up my authority in Christ when it's needed that also that helped me a lot mm. that you showed me to that you can do that because I didn't know that that was possible <laughs> and you went to a Christian school too right right and <clears throat> so this is what it's so frustrating to me as we go to church and we go, we send our kids to Christian schools, but they're not being equipped. And then when they get hit, um, they just collapse. Is that something that you see or would agree with? Yeah. In the Christian school, you don't, you take a Bible course, basically. It's not anything that they're, they make you memorize Bible verses. And that's about the only thing that you get mm-hmm. in a Christian school. 
So you're not being really being equipped for the real world. No, not at all. Well, I noticed what you said about feeling alone several times, and I imagine that, um, especially for youth, can be a very powerful spear from the enemy to thinking, if I'm on my own and i got to figure this out, um, how am I going to do this? Yeah, that's how I was feeling. I, I didn't know what to do, so, but I felt you would probably experience it, so that's why I went to you, and that helped. Mm. And so if you're listening, um, I hope the thing is here, a lot of people misdiagnose as anxiety attacks as a chemical problem, and you have to remember the spiritual battle we're in. And so this is this is very critical on the points that Becca brought up. We need, we got to get to our youth with these issues. So Sean has a story to tell. So here we go. So I was 24, and I um, moved into this new place in uh, Colorado. And um, it was with uh, a landlord, his girlfriend, their kid, and another roommate. And this uh, this will focus mostly on the other roommate. The first weekend I was there, um, we were um, playing some card games. Um, we had a little cookout. We were just getting to know each other. And um, the uh, roommate had a, a girl over, and she was running away from her husband, who she had married three months earlier. And um, she was hanging out with the roommate um, and... Um, so I went to bed. They started drinking afterwards. And uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and I turn over in my bed and I see this uh, shape in front of me. And it ended up being the roommate's um, girlfriend who got so drunk that she uh, passed out in the wrong room. So I uh, nudged her shoulder and um, she uh, woke up and realized that she was in the wrong room and she left. So that was my first week in there. Pretty crazy. Um, and then later... Um, the roommate invited me to hang out with some of his friends at another house of uh, his. And um, so I went there just to figure to get to know him a little better. And uh, the friend who um, owned the house um, had a bunch of occult books lying around, which was my uh, first clue that they uh, might have been into some darker spiritual stuff. So um, we just played some video games and eventually the... Uh, uh, we all went back home, and um, this roommate lost his job, and uh, at that point, he went to, into um, a deep depression and started doing a lot of um, heavier drugs, and um, he just basically lost his mind. He would um, bang his uh, skateboard on the walls of his uh, room in the middle of the night, waking everyone up. Um, he would um, he would run around the house... Um, and just uh, dump cereal everywhere. He dumped cereal on my car. He uh, would uh, rub peanut butter on Bibles. Um, There's this one time that um, he asked me if I knew what uh, scrap music was. And I told him, I don't know what's scrap music. And he said, it's a mix of screamo music and rap music. And he says, come here, let me show you this music video. And so the music video starts out and um, it's in this dark alleyway. And there's these two guys One's an innocent bystander just walking down the street, and the other is another guy with uh, these red eye contact lenses and red blood pellets in his mouth. And um, he's doing this, like, zombie shuffle towards the innocent bystander like he's um, trying to kill him during the whole music video. And I just felt this very dark um, presence there, very 
um, a raw guttural feeling that's extremely uncomfortable during the whole thing. And um, at the end of the music video, the roommate says, that's pretty wild, isn't it? And I was just so speechless. The only thing that I could think to say was, yeah, it's it's wild, all right. Um, he um, There was another time uh, I was flying back on a trip, and he sent me a text inviting me over to a, a Halloween party in um, February at his mom's house. And um, I politely declined. Thankfully, I had the excuse that I wasn't even in the state. Um, and during all this time, I just uh, would feel this dark presence at random times, and it was very uncomfortable, very hard to deal with. I um, I had a lot of lack of sleep from all the noise he was making. I would sleep with the earplugs, and I actually don't, I had shoved the earplug too deep in my ear, and uh, I ended up with tinnitus for six months. And I was just going through a lot of stuff during this time, and um, it was very hard to find peace of mind. Uh, the, the times that I did is during prayer and um, also um, I was going to two different young adults groups that I had uh, deep connections with many of the people there and I would just hang out with them, let them know what I was going through. They would pray for me and um, I'd feel a lot of peace just wash over me um, when a, when I felt the dark presence and it just it made all the difference um, having people to rely on during that time. Um, and eventually uh, the roommate ended up getting a restraining order because uh, he was just – the drugs he was doing would make him run around. He was doing bunny hops on an island in the kitchen table. He would um, wear a bag of cereal as a kilt. He would just do so many crazy things. He wrote um, LDS on um, – his chest and Sharpie and draw a bunch of other symbols. Um, I think he might meant to write LSD. Um, so the landlord was able to get a restraining order against him because uh, he's a threat to the child there who is only two years old and it's just an eye-opening experience um, that um, coming from a Christian home, you just nothing could prepare you for. No amount of Sunday church services. Um, could prepare you for that experience and it was just quite an, an amazing time and it helped me draw closer to God and learn to rely on him when um, things get rough. Mm-hmm. So what would you do in the middle of the night when it's just you? How would you deal with it? Because you don't have your friends to pray for you all the time and so how would you cope with it when you're on your own? Uh, I would get on my knees in prayer. I would read the Bible um, and just um, keep a list of Bible verses that um, help bring me peace and comfort. And you were having problems sleeping, not just from from uh, what he was doing, but I think you'd said there was also some anxiety, a sense of that going on at the same time. Yes, there was a sense of anxiety. Um, there was also uh, just a dark spiritual presence, I feel, Um because he, he was in some dark Satanist stuff. Um, he had another girl over who would wear a shirt that had um, two uh, a double severed goat head on it. Um, and it's just... It's hard to believe that people could be so deep in the occult like that. So is there anything that you would do to um, have a breakthrough and where you could start sleeping through the night? 
Um, I took some melatonin. That would help sometimes, but prayer is the number one thing that would give me peace. Mm. So, Sean, um, same question similar to Becca. What did you hear about prayer, or what have you heard of prayer about prayer and how critical it is at churches, at Christ- the Christian school you went to? Well, they would speak about it, but um, part of the problem is it just became a subject like any other, like math, like science. There wasn't like a heavy emphasis placed on prayer. It just, it just um, something you should do, mm. not something that is needed every day. So, from your that sounds like you think it's needed every day. Absolutely. Do we hear that? Do you hear that from the churches you attend? Very rarely. And I know you've been looking for a church uh, for a while. What are you looking for in a church? Well, I'm looking for a church that's focused on community connections, intimate relationships with one another, and prayer. And are you finding that? Not at all. Those are very rare, and if you can find one, you have to hold on to it. So we have, I don't know, five minutes left, and um, either one of you, what would you say to youth and parents who are listening right now? So I'd say to um, the youth that friends can make um, such a big difference in your life, to have a group of people you can rely on, to talk to, to open up to, to be vulnerable to about what you're going through. is It's hard to find these days, and but you need to find it, and... Um, Having them pray for you can um, really uh, just change your day. And um, to the parents out there, I'd say try to be involved in your children's lives. It's not just enough to throw your kid in a church group um, or even a a Christian school. You have to take an active presence in your children's lives, pray for them, talk to them. um, Don't be judgmental. Be an open source of communication to them and um, listen to what they're going through and um, respond accordingly. One thing that kind of what I've seen is that the occult has really become mainstream in the U.S. I mean, I now walk into stores. Barnes & Noble, we were there, and they had books on casting spells right right on the ends, the end caps, right down the middle of the store. Is that what you're seeing too? Absolutely. Um, There's plenty of um, bookstores in um, Manitou Springs down near Colorado Springs, where you just see lines of shops um, that are either occult-based or um, the the palm readings, all sorts of dark spiritual um, activities. So really, we have to be equipping our kids on going into a very dark culture these days. Yeah, we are um, at war, and no one's living like it. Mm. I agree, and... As you said, you could see the occult basically anywhere. When I'm on social media, I get videos about how to be a witch. So I have to be like, I'm not interested in that. Or um, zodiac signs are a huge trend these days. And you see it clear that you see that clearly in the Bible that that's a sin and part of the occult. Mm. And so if you're seeing that, then all of our youth are seeing this too. Yeah. 
especially with TikTok, Instagram, all social media platforms have that. Mm. So it's easy to find that kind of stuff. Let me ask both of you, um, have you seen kids basically walking away from God that you went to Christian school with or having their lives kind of go the wrong way? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely see that. A lot of kids from my school are now either gay or they just don't – they're just falling away from God. Most of the um, people I went to high school with, especially those that went to college, um, they no longer follow Christ. College seems to be where a lot of peer pressure hits that these people who have not been um, learned to handle the peer pressure um, get hit hard and they just fall away. Please listen to this. We are losing our youth, and this is not just from me. This is from people who are at that, that level. So there has to be a sense of urgency, and like both of them were saying, prayer is the key. So let's make some action steps to make a difference and make our churches, houses of prayer again that equip people to overcome. Thanks for joining us. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.